Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 20th of December 2021, our last report of the year. So I have got a fantastic rant of me, all my brain sitting there doing nothing for several weeks for the main market chat, which you can all enjoy. So I thought I'd invite my little friends along to do the Market Report. So I have with me Ben. Hello, Ben. Welcome back. Josh. Hello. And Webmeister. Good to see you back. Thank you very much. Ian really means that as well. Have another, have another bonus. Anyway, right. He's been sitting in your chair and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I wondered who'd been uh, keeping it warm with farts. Anyway, so, market report. We'll start with all seed rate prices. Ian, where are they and why are they where they're at? We've seen the bouncy territory over the weeks. It's been no different. Looking at the screen now and it's 10 euros up. It's a very volatile, jumpy market. 585.90 territory is kind of where we're at on the farm at the moment. The new crop one I feel a little bit sore about because I have been nudging people not to sell it until it gets into the 500s but that's lost quite a bit of ground we're looking at the 450 territory at the moment but I still have faith and you have faith because there's a lot to play for this tail end of this season and I think the drag influence of the old will help the new and the crop looks good in the ground or bad in the ground on the whole pretty good I'm not sure about the confirmed cases of crops that have ripped up yet but there have been a few and the other thing if I'm being really negative it's the spring larvae damage which is always the unknown which last few seasons has been pretty hideous so okay go with that everyone heard that didn't they yeah it's all his fault and the Omicron kind of story and lockdowns okay maybe we're pushing this can down the road but we haven't gone to lockdown so the biofuel sector is still pumping on decent cylinders at the moment pumping on decent cylinders that's an Ian Webster sort of little cliche or whatever the word is he comes out with these phrases have you been pumping on decent cylinders recently Ian I've had my once a month oh god I'm sure it wasn't that decent. Anyway, so moving on, let's go on to the next feed barley. Feed barley's kind of stayed fairly still. X Farm 205, there's people who are trying to buy feed barley. Looking a little bit less bullish because the wheat market's coming under pressure, but, you know, it's 200 and something pounds a tonne. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's got feed barley unsold. I don't know exactly what your dream was, but when you smash through that ceiling, you know, at some point you'll sell it. There's still an export programme to go in the new year on feed barley, so they're the people to watch out for. Will they not cash that in with the old pound going? Going up now because interest rates have gone up today, haven't they? They have. So perhaps we're becoming less competitive. Perhaps feed barley might go down to 200. <laughs> anyway, right. So feed barley still buoyant. Goodness knows who's waiting to sell that. Well, do what you like. When you feel like it, we're here. We've cracked open the beers in this bit because I haven't done that on my own. I sat and recorded it at home and uh, and I'd pulled the bottles out of the box of Great Newsom's lovely beers and I managed to pick a brown ale out and I took that at home this morning. I thought, should I? drink that while I'm recording this I thought nah not 10 o'clock in the morning I've come here this afternoon and I've gone back into the lucky dip box of the fabulous great Newsome beer and I managed to pick out Sleck Dust which we've discussed in the past so it was a big win for me not a big win for Josh Licorice Stout <laughs> my two favourite things 
I see you've not had any yet, Josh. <laughs> Enjoy. And what have you got, Ben? Just uh, well, I've got the winter warmth, which actually I had last time I did the podcast with Ian and Josh, and it's a ruby ale, and it's nice. I like it. Webmeister, what have you got? In fine fettle. Yeah, fine fettle is the beer. Finest golden ale. It's all right. My first beer. Two weeks, three weeks nearly. And you can taste it, can you? I can. Can't smell anything. No, it's lovely. I mean, it's great. It's good to be out of taste stuff. So, back to the market. When I recorded the grain chat, which is literally... The futures were trading at 225 on the May. And about 20 minutes ago, the market traded at 217.50 on the May. Which leads to two things. First thing is, we've had farmers comparing the price that we've quoted against what someone else has quoted. Now, depending on the luck of when you were quoting and where the futures were at that point in time, if you've got a market that has moved £7.50 a tonne in a short space of time, how on earth can you do a like comparison? So, if any of you idiot farmers are stupid enough to phone someone up and say, oh, how come you're seven pounds out? All you're doing is showing how dim you are about how the market works, okay? So oh just. Oh, God. The rant's going on. I can't bear it. It's always like, I'm a victim. You try to do me down. You try to make my money. It's like, no, just wake up. We're all in this together. We really, really are trying our hardest for you. But if the market moves £7.50 in a day, there's going to be big differences in Oik A, who works for whichever big company, and Oik B, who works for us, who's given you a quote. One's going to be right, one's going to be wrong. I think you've been away for a while, maybe a bit too long. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be no business left soon. You should hear the market chat. You say market chat. Can one man in a room on his own have a chat? Market rant. (laughs) Market rant. No, I have genuinely given of myself something to the next generation. I've given something to the whole lot of people who have a little badge on their T-shirt that says, I am a trader. And it really shouldn't say trader, because they're not. It's great. You'll go, oh no, and there's a lot of old... I'm doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, you'll have to see. And some people won't keep up anyway, so it's just kind of like... Let knowledge. me guess, you're not angry, you're passionate. That's <laughs> <laughs> like your mother-in-law, yeah, Josh. quote my mother-in-law. <laughs> right, anyway, so the value of feed wheat, with the futures having just traded at 217.50 for May, is, I suppose, got to be something like 207 for Feb. Is that about right? Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's about the same as feed barley. Feed barley is trading the same as feed wheat, nearly. At this point, if that's the fact. Barley has not really moved, as I said at the start of this little chat. So the feed wheat price is still well over £200 a tonne, 30 quid off the pace. That's a hell of a drop in a very short space of time. Underlyingly, the ministry's come out with a figure of 40 million tonne wheat crop. You know, we were calling it bigger than that. I was calling it bigger than that earlier in the season. Anyone else? Come on, hindsight traders. What were you calling it that number? I said 13.5. Okay, well, you're way off the pace then, aren't you? Well, I said 14, 5 to 15, so, you know, I'm wrong. I've conceded I'm wrong. Point is, 40 million tonnes is tight. I don't think there's quite that much. I think the yields, the stuff coming out of people's barns, not quite meeting the tonnage they expected to have. So, underlyingly, the UK fee wheat crop is going to have a period where it's very hard to buy. Is that going to be in Jan, Feb, March, trading it in excess of £200 a tonne? No. Is there a load of farmers who should be selling their wheat because it's going to go off in their shed because it's not the right moisture and there's lots of bugs going to be about? I also touch on farmers and bugs in their store you'll enjoy in my chat. But it is going to be tight at some point. 
point in the season. So, yeah, may well be dropping like a stone at the moment, but I think with seven months, eight months to go till the next harvest, that's a hell of a long way and a hell of a lot of fighting to buy wheat of people who've pretty well sold everything out. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. There isn't huge volumes out there. It's quite depressing in a way, actually. No, and it has been very easy to buy. And like you said earlier, there's some... We in Norfolk haven't really suffered from those kilo weight issues that lots of the other country have, but all the stuff that we're moving in November has really had very poor kilo weight compared to a lot of areas. And as you say, wet wheat, there is still bucket loads of wet wheat in stores at the moment. Take your pick. As far as it goes, underlyingly, old crop wheat, still in excess of £200 a tonne, doesn't sound enough. I think it will continue to be weak leading up to Christmas, possibly. When we come back in the new year, yep, there'll be some consumers buying it, and I don't think it will go below 200 so I think it's getting to a point where the barn doors will shut again. New crop, obviously a much bigger crop. Currently, the futures are trading below £200 a tonne. 196 is trading. That's a significant drop. Cost of production, size of the crop, the amount of people who are going to spend all that money on fertiliser, big debate about the size of the crop, and lots and lots of trouble to come. So, I mean, at the moment, it's still a good hedging price and a profit, so there will be be farmer selling and pressure from accountant stroke a land agent saying oh you've got to do this it's very grown up probably right but underlyingly you have to be vaguely friendly to any commodity price in the longer term yeah this far ahead yeah so with that i mean we're enjoying our beer i do my thank yous at the end of my market chat so thanks for listening this year i'm going to put you on to the voice to say goodbye to you until uh, 2022 so webby any wise words don't know about wise but have a good christmas and catch you in the new year All hail the Magnificent Chief has returned. Any messages to your growing fan base, Ben? Enjoy the shooting. Any of the shooters are your fans, are they? It's like, you know. Yeah, no, I have nothing to add, so thank you very much for listening and see you next year. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. If you're searching for Christmas gift ideas, then look no further. We're Crush artisanal makers of yummy stuff in the heart of the Norfolk countryside. From oils to sauces, cereals to teas and chutneys to honeys, we have something for everyone. Our bespoke hampers make a great gift and are perfect for festive feasting, or your hard-to-buy Aunt Jackie. To shop online, visit us at www.crush-foods.com or find our products in all good independent retailers. Shop local and save food miles with Crush Food. Right, this is the last podcast of 2021, and the great news is I'm back. I must admit, catching COVID is not something I would recommend to anybody, especially if you are an old codger. It sorted me out for a little bit, and I am still left a little bit kind of not 100%, but believe me, compared to where I was a couple of weeks ago, this is a good feeling. Anyway, with the fact that I'm still breathing and I've had a little bit too long to think about lots of things in the grain trade, I've got a couple of items I want to bring up which I really really think under the guise of trying to help people the intent of this podcast is to try and give people the courage to have original thought and not be controlled by people who are not very creative so watch out what i'm going to talk about is the definition of being a grain trader or a trader a trader is someone who buys and sells goods currency shares etc the objective of what they're doing is to do that profitably and the characteristics they need according to the dictionary is they need to have discipline oh forget that one quick wittedness yep That'd be me. Decisiveness, persistence, tech savvy, interest in market, experience.
experienced, well, that's just oldness. But as I say, come back to the main point. They need to have a brain that can think, right, if I do that, I do that. That will mean I can make this much money. That person there will be benefiting from it. That person there will be benefiting from it. And I'll make a profit. So that's easy. With that in mind, how free are you to be able to have original thought in doing the job that you're doing? I suspect in this industry at the moment, there's a whole lot of people with their hands tied together where they can't actually freely or have not been trained to think about perhaps we could do something else with our wheat, perhaps we could do something else with our barley. So with that in mind, I'm going to look very specifically at one month's worth of trading or, you know, I'm going to look at a very specific commodity, which is feed wheat. I'm going to look at Feb as a month for a a trader to consider any merchant out there. If people are tuned out by this because it doesn't apply to them fine if they can't keep up with it then listen to it over to try and understand all the detail of what i'm trying to get to but there's a whole load of thought process that goes into trading a particular book and if you don't have all of the opportunities or any opportunity to do something creative you won't ever expand your profit or you won't give your farmers a better price and that ultimately has got to be the goal you've got to be thinking all the time about different ways of doing it and not just following the same old track as someone says that's what you have to do so let's get into this February thing. One small corner of the world. Let's imagine, and we might as well be parochial because I'm from Norfolk and that's what counts most. Put this to any part in the country and you will have a different value against where the futures market is. But I'm going to pretend that we're talking about trying to price some four loads of feed wheat from Roxham in Norfolk. And at this current moment in time, your choices are this. If you speak to the brokers and you say, what's the price of Jan, Feb, March wheat? It appears that lots of the grain trade are selling at futures price or 50 pence over delivered to consumer. Now, in my opinion, that's mindless. Because why on earth would you sell at 50 pence over? If you physically had the futures that you had to physically move, it would probably cost you £7 a tonne to move it. So there should be a £7 difference. Not everybody owns futures, I accept that. Why are people not saying, hang on a minute, by the time we get later in the season, that difference in price between futures and delivered has got to change. In other words, by the time we get to May, the futures price will be £5 or £6 or £7 lower than the delivered price because the people who've got the stuff, the futures, have got to physically move it. And if they're selling it at the same price delivered as they're picking it up X, they're going to lose six or £7 a tonne. That isn't going to happen. The market will adjust itself. So if a grain trader, this decisive, quick-witted person, knows that the price of May wheat, which is currently trading at £1 over the futures, why on earth are they selling it at £1 over? What brain cell stopped functioning for you to do that? If you were to sell futures, a futures contract against the 100 tonnes you're buying, you would know that at some point in time in the next four months, five months, the price delivered against your futures will move out, thus increasing your margin. Now, the question I'm asking is, why on earth wouldn't you do that? Are there traders out there, or people with a badge that says trader on it, genuinely sitting at their desk saying, no, I'm going to sell to Kenningall because I know Kenningall, I wouldn't get margin calls and it's £1 over. You're effectively bidding the farmer probably 7 or £8 pounds below that. In reality, if the premium does go out to 5 or £6 pounds higher than futures at some point, which it will do, that's your margin. That's extra margin. That's money you're making more than you normally make. What on earth possesses you not to see that? This is a simple mathematical fact. The future stores will have to be emptied And it costs £7 a tonne at least to move it. Therefore, the price of futures and the price of delivered will alter. So anyone who's selling to a consumer 
is an idiot. And if you're a consumer and you're thinking, oh, you know, this is easy. Well, I would suggest if you want to take advantage of this, if you aren't using your brain cell either, then you need to buy the grain at £1 over or even futures price if there's still some idiots out there that dim. And you need to sell futures at that same point because either way, you will also improve your margin because the difference will occur. That is the bit where I'm kind of ranting. I cannot believe that there are enormous grain trading businesses in this country who don't understand that basic principle of the market. Now, is it because their boss doesn't want people to trade futures because he might get the sack and he's got a really good salary? Or is it because the chief executive is on £400,000 a year and he won't let you trade it and he'd rather just carry on until the money runs out? Possibly. Or is it the financial director who's shit scared of futures as well and daren't trade them because he'd have to explain himself at an AGM and he doesn't understand what he's talking about? Either way, he is tying your trader's hands, you the little poor trader who's sitting there going, OK, I'll just sell it to Kenningall at £1 over. Don't. You, Mr. Trader, need to kick off. You, Mr. Trader or Miss Trader or It Trader, you need to absolutely spit the dummy. You cannot trade if someone who isn't a trader is telling you what you can and what you can't do. And it's restricting your opportunity to expand your margin by five or six pounds a ton. You know, this is one of my greatest rants because I seriously believe there's a whole load of people in this industry who have stopped thinking, have stopped actually being creative. Let's get back down to this February thing, right? A trader in Norfolk pricing some wheat. If you take the delivered market and at the time recording, the futures are trading at 222. So let's say that it's 50p over someone selling to Norfolk consumer. If you take off, say, £7 haulage, £2.50 margin, you're going to be talking about 213x, something like that. That's a great price. Relative to history, it's 20 quid off where the peak was about two weeks ago. So it's a terrible price. You've lost out, poor old farmer boy. Now, within everybody's book, and a trader has a book of tonnage they've got bought and tonnage they've got sold, there's some very, very cheap contracts out there. All of the contracts, when it gets to the movement month, you are supposed to place to the closest delivery point. And you are supposed to, as a trader, protect the cheap purchasers. You cannot allow for a farmer to default you or try to default you. So you need to be awake about getting it moved. If you're relying on a third party to give you fixings, there's a slight vulnerability in that. Now, most local consumers are pretty good and there isn't a problem with it, but it is still a vague risk if they have a breakdown at a critical moment at the end of the month and you've got some £170 a tonne wheat that you aren't going to collect you're in trouble and you need to make sure that all of those angles are covered as soon as possible in the month. That's part of your job, as you know, and I'm sure you do do that bit properly. So your choices are sell to local consumer at 222.50. Now, I'm told that Yorkshire is trading at £16 over. If you take futures at time of recording, the May futures were 225. So the February price was £1 a month less for Norfolk. So 222 and 50 pence over trading. So 222.50. So if you add £16 to 225, then you will have 241 delivered Yorkshire. Now, in the olden days, you could get a lorry just like that and say, here, I £17 a tonne. You'd easily get it covered for that much and they'd go up and down the A17 to their heart's content. Now, times have changed, as we know. Now, probably it's going to cost you £20 a tonne and probably you're not going to be able to get that much haulage covered. The reality is the lorries aren't there anymore, so it isn't such an easy thing to do. But mathematically, if you had a lorry, you should be able to make, if you take £16 over to be trading in Yorkshire, 225 is a May futures, less a pound a month the Feb is 222 plus 16 is 238 
delivered. Let's give £20 haulage, which should cover it. It's 218x. You've expanded the opportunity to pay the farmer some more money, or you've expanded your margin. Within that, you've got to admit that there is a greater risk to the farmer if there's a problem with it. Now, there's never a problem with any farmer's grain. Well, I've never had bugs in that store, he said. Just so everybody knows, that's not relevant. Bugs exist everywhere, outside your brand new store, outside your old store. No matter what you do, if the conditions are right for them to walk in there and start shagging each other, there'll be lots of bugs in your shed. And it's nothing to do whether you've had them there in the past or not, or whether it's a new store. They exist, and in some years, it is the right conditions for them to breed easier and when you've had a wet harvest and lots of grain in store is damp those conditions are much more likely so there will be a bug explosion this winter and please don't say i've never had bugs in that store because it's just irritating and shows a lack of understanding on the farmer's part anyway so if you're going to allow this farmer to perhaps have a bit more money you need to tell him that you're paying him a bit more money you've been the best price in the market because in fact you're going to take his stuff up north now, depending on the home you go to, you can go to a nice favourable home or you can go to a difficult home. Either way, if they find one of those little creepy crawlies or something's not right with the load, I don't know, too high in moisture, wetter than you thought. Oh, I dried it all myself, he said. Turned on the dryer at 10 o'clock at night, woke up in the morning at 6 and, oh, it's just over. I'll turn the flame up a bit. Anyway, either way, there's a rejection somewhere. The difference in rejection between taking it to Kenninghall, which is going to be probably a maximum of a £10 haulage charge to get it back to the farm, versus a £20 haul to Yorkshire and then redirection is going to be in excess of £30. And the farmer is liable for that. Now, assuming your rep isn't brain dead, you know, which some of them are, I'm afraid, they're quite numb and they're thinking about their bonus and they don't really give a shit because they don't really understand. That's a lovely way to live your life, just be numb. But the point is, if that grain is going to go to Yorkshire you Mr Farmer are at greater risk of having a massive redirection charge and a cost so the dynamic of the price sometimes is the wrong thing to focus on which a lot of you have still got to learn anyway the point being you can have a price that goes to a safer home just in case something goes wrong or a slightly better price that goes a lot further either way the trader's job in theory is not to give a damn about the farmers make the assumption the stuff is the right spec And if he's got no relationship whatsoever to any of the local area and you don't know who the farmer is anyway, he's never going to get the chance to punch you in the face. Let's allocate it to Yorkshire and send it up there. And if it gets kicked out, it's their bloody problem. So that is the dynamic of one of the decisions that you make. In the case of a trader, and again, I open all the doors. If you are trading at futures price continuously, why not have a store yourself and run a future store. For us, we do that. We always run on about it. But it gives us the opportunity to guarantee movement of the lower price contracts. And that's a big thing. In a year where the market's moved 50 or 60 pounds a tonne, it's really important to have that nailed. By taking it into store, not losing anything price-wise, and in fact, if you take the sum, if I take stuff into store in February, or against a February contract, X Roxham, I can bring it in, I can sell it on the May contract, which is £225 a tonne. I've got to pay some storage on it, yep. I've got to pay some finance on it because I'll be paying for it at the end of March and I won't get paid for it until the 1st of May. But the costs on that, in simple terms, the finance I worked out to be about at 5% interest, about £1.19, £1.20 a tonne. So 225 is the sale price, £1.20 a tonne's worth of finance, £3 a tonne in-out charge for the store, 
still gives you a £2.81 margin. So you've still got your margin, you've protected the cheap contract stuff, and you're selling it to a market that isn't going to pay you late. Because let's be blunt, any consumption sales invariably suffer 7 to 10 day delay payment beyond when they should do as well. Some are good, some are bad, but that's a fact. With the futures you're paid on the dot, if it isn't moved, there's extra rent as well which comes into your pocket. By not having that as an option means that you're tied to having to sell the stuff at 50p over to the consumer. You're nuts. You need to have every option available. You need to say to your boss, you need to say, why don't we have some form of store where we can do this? Why don't we have some form of action where we can trade around futures? Because every single year there is an opportunity that comes with futures to make some good margin out of it. And at the very least, my plan of selling May futures instead of selling to consumer and waiting until we get to May when there is a decent premium being paid, I'll buy in my futures and I'll sell to the consumer when he's paying me five or six quid over. And that's what everybody should be doing. So as I say, I come back to the point, if someone above you is protecting their fantastic income and tying your hands together, the responsibility of you as an individual trader, if you're going to call yourself a trader, Mr. Decisive, Mr. Quick-Witted, Mr. All of those things that we like to pretend we are, then you need to be the person that walks into the room, absolutely spazzes, challenge people, be more original, do something different. Don't just sit there numbing out because bluntly, and if you're representing a farmer's cooperative group, you're just selling it at 50p over the futures. You are not doing your farmers any favours at all in the pool price you're achieving. You are just numbing out and you're not up to the job. So sort yourselves out. Man up. Man or mouse. You're allowed to say that in the olden days. Nowadays, probably have offended mouse, mice or whatever for that. Anyway, sorry if anyone's offended at that. But, you know, what I'm trying to say in an old-fashioned, slightly deluded manner. Right, okay, so I hope you've missed me. Just to kind of finish the year off, I think it's been a completely rubbish year. It's been an awful time socially. It's been an awful time in terms of actually, you know, the grain trade can't get together and sort of size each other up and have a fight or whatever we do. And I think we're all missing that. I think that the prices have been outrageous. We've got to this kind of, when are people happy? When are they not happy? What happens next? The industry shrinking still dramatically, and I'm extremely worried about the size of the grain trade in five to 10 years time. Our job is to try and remain innovative and come up with ways of remaining relevant. We cannot own the seed rights for certain varieties that may be the major varieties in the future. We cannot have a bank. We're too small. We can't do all the things that completely strangle everybody else out of the system. But the system, the agricultural market, needs different people. That's why this talk about traders today is so important. We need people to be innovative. We need farmers to see what's happening to their industry. We need the whole of the industry to sharpen up, fight the government on their bringing in lower quality spec stuff, call them out on it, if they're saying it's the same spec and do a deal that just isn't. All of these things are all part of a gradual cutting down of your opportunities. And if you end up with just major corporations running the food industry, then I'm really sorry, it'll be closed out for good. They will make sure that it's closed out for good. So you've got to support your independent merchants if they're good enough, if they're up to it, if they're creative enough. And that's bluntly what Doing Grain are going to be doing for the next 12 months. We're going to really try and re visit every single thing we've had in the past, try and find new ways of helping, of being different, of forcing issues and trying to remain relevant. It is a tough old time. 
but we're making a profit. We've had a good year so far this year. There's an awfully large number of deliveries to be made before that actually turns into confirmation of a good year's trading. So we expect to be still on the pitch in 2023 robustly. Our balance sheet is getting stronger and we're looking to you lot to guide us, give us suggestions, help us, you know, look at ways that we can help you. Anything that makes it easier for you, easier for us and keeps the wolf from the door. Anyway, with that, Thank you very much for trading with us. If you do, thank you very much for listening to us on our fantastically strange podcast. Yeah, let's hope 2022 enables us to get out and see people and maybe have some even better vaccine or something that makes us able to be social again. Let's focus on the really important things in this life. So with that, happy Christmas, happy new year and all the best to all of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.